I'm recording. I'm also recording. <laughs> okay. Um, so, hey, I'm Gilda. And I'm Steph. Um, and this is Saturday Night High. Uh, the podcast where, well, normally we both get high and talk about Saturday Night Live, but Steph is really sick. I'm sick, but she's really sick. She's not smoking. I'm saying fuck it. Um, but I don't get what she got, so it's yeah. not COVID. But, no, it's not you know. COVID. I'm not like the other girls. I got pneumonia, and it sucks ass. Um, I think it's probably because I had a cold, and then I kept smoking. And then last week during recording, I swallowed water the wrong way. I feel like it's all connected. Um, <laughs> so, oh yeah, I'm going to take a break from smoking, and it really sucks, uh, especially because for Beck's birthday gift, I got an electric dab rig, and I really want to try it out. But I'll have to wait, like, a month or two, or I don't know. I don't know how delicate my lungs are. <laughs> oh, well, there's a ladybug crawling up my charger. Ooh, wildlife at this month. Right? I'm <laughs> shocked. Um, but yeah, so tonight, or tonight, it is nowhere near tonight. <laughs> Sunday afternoon. <laughs> right? Um, I didn't sleep until 1230. It's fine. Um, oh, wow. Oh, I was so good. I mean, I didn't go to bed until like 330. Because I was, like, mainlining Mountain Dew last night, and I was just in the mood to party. Because um, <laughs> that's apparently now my idea of partying. <laughs> I've just been sleeping for 72 hours, so I'm ready to talk. <laughs> um, you know, 3 a.m. TikTok and Assassin's Creed sessions. It, it was quite fun. So, yeah, today we are talking about Season 47, Episode 8. It aired on... Excuse me. Jesus, I keep burping. Well, I'm still drinking Mountain Dew, so there's the fucking problem. Um, it, was, uh, it aired on December 11th, 2021. Uh, the host and musical guest was Billie Eilish, pulling double duty. Yeah, Billie Eilish is the first host born in the 21st century, which is absolute insanity. Her birthday or her birth date was December 18th, 2001. So next Saturday, she's turning fucking 20. Um, if you ever want to feel bad about yourself, just think about that a little bit. <laughs> and this is also yep. Kate McKinnon's first episode back, finally, after being out for literally the entire season doing some, uh, what's his name? Joe Exotic, Tiger King shit. Yeah. I still don't know about all that, but, uh... Yeah. I... Yeah, so we can, uh, get right into it. Uh, The Cold Open was written by Dan Bulla, Anna, Drez- Anna Dresden, and Kent Sublette. Um, I felt, I mean, Kate, obviously I think we all knew Kate McKinnon was going to be in the cold open because it was her first show back. Um, and that came with a very long applause break for Kate McKinnon's return, not only just for Kate McKinnon's return, but Kate McKinnon's return as Dr. Anthony Fauci. And it was another very typical Fauci cold open, I thought. It was predictable, but welcome. It was well, I mean, I don't know. I always love Bowen and Ego. Just uh, something about girl, g- girls can't get pregnant in the sky. Ego responds, I don't know, King, let's find out, and proceeds to just, like, flip him over and starts humping him. It was, it was wild. Yeah, I think that was probably the highlight of the little skits for me. I, I did also like Pete Davidson and Andrew Mukes as uh, the Kuoma brothers. Always, always good seeing that version of them. Yeah, and it was uh, Andrew Dismukes as Chris Cuomo was definitely fitting. 
Um, the only other uh, thing that I actually laughed out loud about was A.D. Bryant as Ted Cruz. Uh, and she referred to Ted Cruz as the weirdo with the beardo. And then how he went to Bob Dole's funeral and he was the only person unmasked. And somebody commented something about that's terrible. Uh, were you super spreading? He said, no, imagine you're Bob Dole looking down at your own funeral. And the only face you can see is mine. <laughs> and I, I thought that was funny. He was like, because I, I believe his response was, that's disturbing. Yeah, anyway, it was a regular cold open. I mean, it, I did think it was funny and it set a pretty good vibe for the show. It certainly wasn't the worst cold open I've seen. No, and it had a nice group live from New York. Always a good vibe starter. And then we went into the monologue, and the stage was all decorated for the holidays. It looked fucking beautiful. And Billie Eilish walked out, and my first thought is, what the fuck is she wearing? She looked like like a little collectible doll that you get with like a really big-ass like dress. <laughs> mm-hmm. my, my comment on Twitter was like, why did she choose Haunted Victorian Doll? Like, why? Yeah, very strange vibe. Mm-hmm. But I liked the anime wedding joke that she made about it. Mm-hmm. And, I mean, I have to respect, like, she doesn't want to wear something that's, like, too form-fitting. So right. I guess that's that's one way to sort of accommodate for that and also be dressed up. Uh, there was a cute moment where her mom came onto the stage. Mm-hmm. Uh, I suspect that this was written, or at least partially written, by Michael Che because of all the roasting of Colin Jost. So he was not credited, but I'm assuming he is the one that slipped that in there. Um, this was written by Mike DiCenzo, Mike, I, I gotta figure out how to pronounce that, DiCenzo, DiCenzo, I don't know, Billy Eilish and Jake Nordwind. And it was a typical cute little monologue, she just talked about how, you know, she had been there before for, uh, singing and she never saw herself as an actor, so she was just yeah. trying it out for the night. Honestly, I can see her coming, she was a good host, I can see her doing this, there's no way she doesn't do this again. She was. I did think she was a little bit, like, nervous at first, mm-hmm. in the first sketch particularly, but she definitely grew into it. I mean, Jesus, she's 19. I, I, I would be <laughs> losing my fucking mind if that was, if I was doing that. Yeah, what the hell? Um, the first sketch was Christmas Cards. It was written by Mikey Day, Tessa... Oh, why does it autocorrect? It's Tessa Kendra, I believe. Um... And Streeter Seidel. I liked this. I thought it was a good concept for a sketch. Uh, the Christmas cards themselves, they were pretty like predictable. Like, okay. Oh, yeah. Big Christian family, single woman who might be lesbian. <laughs> I appreciated Keenan and I believe it was Bowen. As yeah. A gay couple who spend a ridiculous amount of money on their dog. And... Someone took a screen grab on Twitter and was like, of the dog. It was like, hey, we got to Lauren Michaels cameo tonight. Was, oh, my God. <laughs> it, was, it was really funny. More um, like a step only... cameo. That's how I feel, honestly. Step cameo. Yeah. <laughs> the only car, I mean, I thought this was accurate as fuck. Uh, predictable, but accurate. I, the only card that I really enjoyed was uh, Harper from high school with... Aristotle Atari was Billie Eilish as the mother, Aristotle Atari as the father, and uh, Andrew Dismukes as the fine young incel. (laughs) 
That was a good group. I think my favorite was probably um, Bowen and Ke- Keenan, who always make me laugh no matter what they're doing. But particularly in this, I I had to give it up for that gross little dog. Melissa Villasenor gets the text. It's like, pray for him. He's going into surgery. Keenan saying, he needs a new spine. It was so yeah, horrible. <laughs> the next sketch also, I, I think I just realized there was this trend in the first sort of like three sketches of like mini skits within sketches mm-hmm. because that's what this was. It was another like little variety show within a variety show, um, except it was TikTok. I thought it was a pretty good mock of TikTok. Um, yeah, nothing really stuck out to me. No, Um Again, I thought it was accurate, but um, I don't have any writers for this one on the live chat post-show last night. Um, we thought Melissa Villasenor may have had something to do with it based on, I believe, she was doing the voice of the TikTok lady, like, you know, the automatic oh, robot yeah. voice. So she may have had a hand in writing it. She was at least involved. But um, no, I, I like Billie Eilish's sense of humor. I thought the nurse breaking it down was fucking funny. No, that was amazing. Um, and I'm pretty sure this was James Austin Johnson's only appearance in the episode as the ASMR Homer Simpson. Oh, which was okay. Freaky. I could not figure out who the fuck that was. Yeah, that was terrifying. Yeah. What the fuck? Did not enjoy that. Um, Don't want to see that again. No. I hope I never have to look at that oh, again in my God, life. Very scary. No. Um, there was AD Bryant's TikTok. She had like two or three, I think, but one of them was when you finish your homework in time to choke out your sub. I was like, what kind of fucking sub are they talking about here? Oh, I know. Cause the rest of hers were all like ridiculously sexual as well. Yeah. And it was just like, oh my fucking God. Who's, I mean, there for are you pages those... this. <laughs> right? Uh, that, that shit ain't on mine. No. We then went into Hip Hop Nativity. This was written by Jasmine Pierce and Will Steph Steven. Oh, boy. Um, Heidi Gardner's line, we learned all of hip hop, was with, I believe, Chris Red going, oh, no. (laughs) Yeah, I liked how they had a line about this being the first and only rehearsal because I was Mary in one of these and it did feel very under-rehearsed. Um, but this was really something else. Nothing like my experience. This, uh, was Chris Redd, Bowen Yang, Chloe Feynman, Sarah Sherman, Andrew Dismukes, and Billie Eilish and Heidi Gardner teaching them how to do hip hop for this pageant. Yeah. Um, it was, there was a twerking Andrew Dismukes. There were donkeys that were like pop I don't even fucking know I popping it I don't fucking know um they got Billie Eilish or Heidi Gardner at one point was on like a candy cane strip oh they wanted Mary to be a the stripper on like doing a right pole routine and I was just like okay this has now gone too far no it was definitely Heidi Gardner who got on the pole and she did a pretty good job of like faking a little pole routine yeah it was a cute candy cane pole. All right. Uh, I think that was all I had to say about hip hop nativity. Yeah, me too. Uh, Lonely Christmas, this one, 
Okay. So this one was Billie Eilish looking over at Kate McKinnon, and we had some sort of You Belong With Me vibes with them passing notes. And I loved all the twists in this. I love that the first twist was this woman being, you know, an old racist lady. But then she was like somebody with Munchausen's by proxy. And then she was like somebody who probably killed her husband. Yeah. For a three-person sketch, it... Holy shit, the twists and turns. I can't remember the last time I saw a sketch... like a sketch that I just had no fucking idea where it was going. Cause after the second twist, I stopped trying to guess and I just enjoyed it. Cause like you think, okay, it's an old racist lady. That's the premise. You don't think they're going to make four more jumps. And every layer just got funnier and fucking funnier. Uh, this was written by Mikey Day, Allison Gates, Kate McKinnon, and Strader Seidel. Mikey Day in this was fucking amazing. He looked like hell and yeah. he also joined in on the the You Belong With Me. Not that Tosef owns that, but I think she does. And every time he wrote a note, he would eat it. Yeah, oh my god. <laughs> okay. Figured we'd take a cough break, you know. Some people take coffee breaks. Yeah. I'm just hacking up my lungs. Okay. Billie Eilish's first performance, introduced by both her parents. Very cute and wholesome. So adorable i loved it yeah yeah so this album came out shortly after i got out of a long gone bad relationship and um i did not have the balls to listen to this album at that point in time i believe i'd heard this before but i didn't like know it last night was the first time that i had like read the lyrics and actually listened to it and holy fuck this is my new anthem it's a great song. I've heard it. I don't even know where the fuck I heard it. Maybe I heard it like in full, like somebody had it on while we were right. smoking. Because I've heard the song and I, I just love it so much. I was a little bit turned off, honestly, by the set. It was kind of weird how it was really? like... I didn't like that she was seemingly in this enclosed living room and then it like lifted and she was in front of the audience. I don't know. We could have done without all that weird drama. <laughs> See, I fucking love that because it was like when she was singing about like all the bad things, she was in the room. And then when it turned to a more like, okay, fuck you, the walls moved away and they were strobing the lights and the Christmas decorations and Phineas. Phineas had a couple cameos tonight. He was all the fuck over the place. Yeah, good for him. He was like on a fucking electric guitar. Billie Eilish was rocking the fuck out. Like yeah. that, honestly... There have been a few artists that I've seen on SNL that have been like, okay, well, that performance just shot them straight the fuck up. Adele being one of them. Um, Lana Del Rey not being one of them. No, no. I unfortunately remember that uh, vividly. That was painful. And the thing is, looking back, it wasn't even that bad. It just wasn't what the audience was expecting. Yeah, yeah, I, I, I was fucking here for this performance for the because she did um, weird camera stuff last time when she was on when she performed Bad Guy with the rotating thing. So like, I was happy to see them also doing doing something different again. Yeah, and this was just she fucking nailed it. Yeah, I mean, I kind of expected. Of course, she's gonna do something different. She's she's wacky. She's Billie Eilish. Yeah. <laughs> 
Well, but I also appreciated last night how she was like, you know, it took me a bit, but I was pretending to be someone I wasn't and trying to fit into a mold I wasn't. And I feel like this album and this style is much more her than even like the bad guy stuff, you know? Like, yeah. This just feels more authentic. And um, it definitely does. Yeah. It's less like high schooler trying really hard and more yeah. like confident young adult woman t- telling her story. Yeah, like, holy, yeah, I, I I, can relate, and I'm happy that she learned that lesson far earlier than I did, it sounds like, based on that. Uh, you need, If you haven't, you need to go read the lyrics after this. Just rewatch the performance while you read the lyrics, and then, yeah. that, that, then you might see why I'm like, oh, fuck yeah, let's get this tattooed on my back. <laughs> the whole, I'm not going to do that. Every single lyric. <laughs> no, but did I... Um, I might cut this. I don't know. Did I tell you I got, do you know like the temporary tattoos that are like. Um, oh yeah, ink box. Ink, ink box. Yeah. Yeah. I got a style of that, but it's like a, it's like a lotus. Underline. Ooh. Oh my God. That's so cool. Uh-huh. That'll be next weekend. Love that. I'm hopefully, fingers crossed, getting a tattoo when I go back home for Christmas with a friend. So we'll see about that to cut some information about Steph's uh, potential new tattoo as it would be pretty fucking identifiable but rest assured it is fucking awesome back to the pod huh where are you gonna get it I want to get that on my thigh nice yeah that's awesome I once knew a woman who um she had a tattoo of I think it was a peacock but it might have been a phoenix and it went from here all the way down to her knee and whoa it, was, it like wrapped around her hip it was gorgeous damn yeah anyway that's i don't have story. that kind of money <laughs> no 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 i did her family was very very well off that was i believe a high school graduation present from someone like yeah wow like, Jesus, yeah Anyway, weekend update? Weekend fucking update opened with um a Jesse whoa, Jesse Smollett um joke. I totally forgot about him and that whole situation. Just it left my brain and then it re-entered. Um very tough situation that was. Yeah. Um I did I really did appreciate the Colin Joe's joke. A jury found him guilty of being bad at acting it's just like well you're not wrong yeah there's a joke about the olympics being on nbc and how there uh, it was basically about censor it's censorship and he's like i'm gonna speak my mind even though i work for them and there's atrocities in china and it's just cut to technical difficulties colin jost also had he had a fuck. He had a lot of good lines tonight. Also, what was with all the fucking applause for him? Like he got like an extended applause break just for like being there. Like, was the audience thirsty as fuck? Like, what was going on last night? Although I will say, uh, two of the part of the reason I joined the SNL Struggles chat last night was because two of the SNL Struggles girls were there. They had tickets five and six for live. And I think it was five and six for live. And either that or it was one and two. I can't remember. Two different people, two different sets got into the show last night. But um, they were there. And when they were in line, a page was like, hey, you guys want to sit on the floor? 
and that was the first time they because they've always been in like the bleachers above holy shit and so they were on the floor last night and you can see them in the Billie eilish performance but i joined because it was like okay i need i I need to hear about this what the yeah that's fucking Uh, amazing they had tickets some random bitch in my building had tickets (laughs) how the fuck was like the Billie eilish snl ticket like easy as hell to get although Thank, I, I don't, I'm not saying it was easy to get. It just seems like a lot of fucking people we're aware of got yeah, into this Beck show. Yeah, Beck knows somebody who got in. Like, what the fuck? Oh, also, one of the SNL Struggles girls was at Punky and Friends a couple weeks ago as well. So you were both there. Oh, wow. Yeah. So, um, but they've actually changed how they're doing standby, thank fuck, because they, as of this season, were doing this thing where they just, like, announced a location and people would show up there. And then the Taylor Swift show happened, and there was a mini Astro World or whatever the fuck. Oh, and like, fuck. people got trampled. I think a girl broke her arm. Like, people were, tr- like, fucking running down the streets of New York City to get to the NBC store uh, to get standby tickets or get, yeah, it was fucking wild. So they're changing it, and it looks like it's uh, back to emailing per week. That's good. I'm the type of person who would get trampled. Yeah, no, ab- no, absolutely. I would trip on my shoelace and then so it's not even like, you know, somebody would knock me over. I would fall on of my own volition and then people would just keep going because, you know, you don't stop running when it comes to Taylor. Anyway, you um, don't. Colin just making jokes about Roger Stone says he doesn't want to uh, testify for the January 6th committee, but he'll be happy to sit in the corner and watch the committee take turns on his wife. And I was like, oh, my fucking God. Do you know about that? Yeah, that was a great line. I think like every single line, honestly, in this weekend update was a fucking hit. Russia's ready to invade Ukraine. No offense to Ukraine, but why? Like the delivery, the deliveries were so good. And hey, we have a joke swap next week. Oh, fuck yes. I literally just fuck. I I might have to watch it live. I don't know. I mean, it it depends. Depends on if I'm occupied at the time or not i suppose but um also it's gonna be on it oh well cut and that just feels fucking weird whoa right (laughs) that is weird so you are more than welcome next week to live tweet on twitter and if you want to join any after show chats go ahead Ooh. there was a michael che (laughs) my mother is visiting and she forgot her book, and so she was like creeping out to the, <laughs> creeping out to the living room. She's how I got the lemon loaf, which I just looked at the plate, and I was like, "Ooh, I'll eat more." And it was like, "No, Gilda, you finished that piece." Gilda's mom makes a mean lemon loaf, so fucking good. Yeah, and sometimes she just shows up in your driveway with a lemon loaf and a knife. You know, it, it just it fucking happens. <laughs> it just happens. My dad was so confused. <laughs> I was confused. <laughs> yeah you, you really haven't known huh until you're on the phone with your friend and it's like hey do you have pepper spray it's like oh yeah and i have the knife your mother gave me what <laughs> what how yeah she just you know handed me a knife for for new york i, I mean t- to be fair if i were if i were your father i would have been very confused as well probably a little scared strange woman shows up at my house hands child a knife like no um we had uh a bit by punky hell yeah i loved this she came on and talked about 
uh, Christmas and going down to New Orleans with her family and um, had a little laugh about potato salad with Michael Che and then talking about if she had a daughter, she wouldn't want the daughter to be straight because she wouldn't want the daughter to get boned. I fucking love this. I love that she said she would have a host smashing house. That sounds about fucking right. Oh, my God. So, apparently, I mean, and so she ended her segment on Weekend Update by shouting, Mom, I'm pregnant. And, like, people on Twitter are like, wait, she, is she really pregnant? Because she, she has a wife. She wants children. Like, there's a chance Punky Johnson's pregnant. And this is going to be the first time we've had an SNL pregnancy if it is in fact true, since I want to say Amy Poehler. Whoa, what the fuck? I did not catch that. Holy shit. Yeah, it was really cute. Like, I don't see why she would have screamed that if she wasn't. Yeah, I don't know. I'm, I would I also mean, be very surprised. I, I would be, but at the same time, like, again, I mean, Christ, Maya Rudolph was pregnant when she was on the show. I want to say Anna Gasteyer. There was like a whole SNL baby boom. Tina Fey, I believe, was pregnant at one point. Um, I think, yeah, I think she had her kids whilst on SNL. Nope, can't look that up here. But um, I Googled something last night and I couldn't get it to come up. But apparently there was something about her talking about IVF. But when I clicked, excuse me, when I clicked on the link, holy shit, she's been married to her wife for 18 years. Wait, what the fuck? How, how, okay, hang on. All right. No, we're doing some uh, on-show research right now. When I saw her at Punkin' Friends, she was not talking like somebody who's been married for 18 years. Holy shit, good for her. That is... Wow. Where okay, do they so she's meet? 36. What, so she got married at 18? The fuck? I don't know. I don't know. Since <laughs> Johnson is openly lesbian. She and her wife have been in a relationship since 2002. Okay, so maybe not married oh. for 18 years, but they've been together for, at this point, almost 20. Yeah, holy shit. Jesus, go, go her. That is yeah. not easy. No, the fuck? Holy shit. I enjoy my solitude. I don't know how the fuck... I can't imagine being in the same space with someone for fucking 18, 20 years. That just seems unpleasant. Yeah, that just seems like a lot of fucking work. Yeah, I, I, I mean, I'm not ruling it out, but Jesus, it's going to be a while. Yeah, there was a study about weed, a regular use of weed disrupting people's sleep. Honestly, I'm pretty sure this shit is true. I've been sleeping like a fucking baby because I haven't been smoking, but also probably because I have pneumonia. I, I, I was going to say, I think that probably has more to do with you being sick than... Uh, the weed, because I don't, weed doesn't affect my sleep. It helps me sleep. Yeah, it usually helps me sleep. Booze. Booze affects oh, yeah, my no. sleep. Mm-mm. I mean, the joke was, that's adorable, said cocaine. Yeah. So I'm guessing, yeah, obviously cocaine ain't helping you sleep. And I don't have personal experience with that one, but there was a terribly funny joke. Um, it was that, well, it wasn't funny. Um, it was about Ghislaine Maxwell. And how she told one of the children that she sex trafficked that Jeffrey Epstein needed to have sex three times a day or he would kill himself. And the entire audience was like, oh, my fucking God. And they were like, what? I mean, it's a good joke. It's it was. It really was. Andrew Dismukes did this little animal segment 
Um, very strange all around, in my opinion, but not totally unenjoyable. No, it was, it was, it took a weird turn. And oh, it, I feel it goes without saying, uh, Punky Johnson's correspondent bit was written by Punky and Andrew Dismukes was written by Andrew Dismukes. So, um, yeah, they were mocking like the octopus that correctly predicted World Cup stuff a few years ago. I did not know about that. What the fuck? Yeah, and so it was like trying to pick the Green Bay Packers uh, Vikings score, and it ended up writing goodbye, sweet prince, and it predicted Andrew Dismuke's death in seven days, which uh, would be uh, fucking amazing if, like, in seven days on the show, randomly during a sketch, his car- he just, like, fucking tips over just mocking the octopus prediction. I think that would be a really fucking funny meta joke, but I don't write for the show, and I, it also might not be that funny. I don't know. Um, it would be a cool tie-in for the Paul Rudd episode. It really would be. Um, the dog that they brought out that refused to look at the camera uh, was doing the buttons, like the speak buttons that they have, and this had to be Aristotle Atari doing his weird, creepy robot voice. Like, there's yeah. no, I've never heard that voice before last week. It had to be. Yeah, the dog asking, are you going to die? Are you scared? It was just like, Jesus. Uh, Andrew Dismukes is going to be one of the best cast members on the show within the next five years. I'm sure of it. He is headed for amazing places. He is. Yeah, he's, he always makes me laugh. That's really all I had for Weekend Update in my notes. Same. We went into Santa Song, which was written by Anna Dresden, Alex English, Allison Gates, and Kent Sublette. This was not the best song sketch I've seen. It was like a little bit goofy, but it wasn't really funny, in my opinion. Oh. I, I thought it was a good concept, but I just it didn't really get me. Mm-mm. Um, the only line that made me laugh was Ego saying, You met the real Santa from the Bible? And that was that was fucking funny, but I don't know. I there's a better Santa song sketch with Kate McKinnon, uh, Sashir Zameda, and Keenan Thompson. Something Claus. Have you seen Something Claus? I'm not sure that I have. Okay, well that is. I'm gonna send that to you immediately once this ends because it is like the best Christmas song sketch, and Keenan's in it. It was way better than last night. Ego was giving me real Dom vibes, but. Eh. It was Dom. Like, like, dominate, like... Okay, I wasn't sure if I was like, am I dirty? <laughs> no, no, you're not. She was just, the way she was, like, talking back to Santa, and I was just like, oh, god damn. Yeah, she kind of was, now that I think yeah. about it. Um, I didn't really remember that, because all I had written down in my notes was that Kate McKinnon said, my wife. <laughs> like, fucking Borat. That was funny to me. Yeah. And then we had... A very classic Kyle Mooney sketch. We haven't gotten one of these in a while, I felt like. Yeah. I feel, I mean, we've seen this before where he walks around and everyone just ignores him. And I made a joke on Twitter about um, him potentially having like a humiliation kink. And people were like, yeah, watch his old videos. It's his, th- it's like, I, I know he likes the mortifying sketches. I've been watching this show for 15 years and all of his years like it was a joke the thing that people make on twitter let's be (laughs) let's let's take everything with a grain of salt maybe 
people make hard-hitting investigative reports on Twitter. I was like, Jesus Christ, yo, I was trying to be funny. Fuck. But yeah, Kyle Mooney then runs into Billie Eilish, and she's like, oh, it'll be okay. She's like, yeah, everything's great here. You have this, you have that, and he talks about all his friends, except for Mikey Day, and he has this really well-thought-out revenge strategy as to how he's going to kill Mikey Day, and... Mikey Day shows up, Kyle Mooney leaves, and Billie Eilish is like, run, you're not safe here, quit the show, leave, which I thought was funny. Yeah, I liked the little bit where they like showed this fantasy of Kyle Mooney going in and changing all the Mikeys to Kyle's in the script. That was kind of goofy, but yeah, it was just, we've seen this. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it wasn't anything new. It was amusing, but eh. I would have rather seen one of the cut for times in that sketch. And I feel bad saying that because I know Kyle Mooney's normally cut for time, but I may have swapped those. Yeah, there's a very specific cut for time I would have wanted to be in the episode. Mm-hmm. The other one, not so much, but we'll get to that. Yeah. <sighs> um, Kate McKinnon introduced Billie Eilish singing Male Fantasy along with Phineas O'Connell on guitar and backup. And I liked the little living room set situation they had in this one. It worked okay. for me here. I liked that, like, the windows. Sick. Like, the hanging blinds. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it was all right. I liked the first performance better. We're going to have to agree to just. I was just like, okay, she's sitting on the stage. and just kind of like, <laughs> So I was like, all right. I mean, yeah, maybe performance-wise, I think I did like the first one better. But set-wise, oh, yeah. I like I get that. this one better. Yeah, we went into the last sketch of the night, which was like hotel concierge service. I it was written by oh, and I'm guessing Kyle's holiday was written by Kyle Mooney. If I had to take a wild fucking guess, I would put money on that. <laughs> um, hotel concierge service, whatever it was called, it was written by Anna Dresen. With a question mark, because last night someone was like, I saw her on the floor during this, and this felt like a very Anna Dresden sketch. So I wrote down Anna Dresden with a question mark, and it, in fact, was written by Billy Domino, uh, Anna Dresden, and Vanessa Jackson. Oh, I saw Vanessa Jackson. Um, nice. Just have to brag. And <laughs> this was a pretty, it really hit all the, you know, check marks for a shitty-ass hotel. Yeah. Um our rooms provide every comfort required by law. Too real, honestly. Been to a few of these. Um, Billy Eilish at one point was kind of like laughing, and Kate McKinnon actually pointed to her to sort of like cue her, like it's your line, sis. Um, that was a cute little moment. It really was. It was a good ten to one. Normally, yeah, it was they're a little weird. And I'm very happy this was the 10 to 1, as opposed to a previous 10 to 1, which was a cut for time tonight. And uh, I was good with that. Um, Yeah. Oh, I also wanted to say that Phineas, as the bellboy that was like, I am going to drop your suitcase. You need cocaine? I will find it for you. I am chaos. And I'm like, yep. If one of my cats was a human, that would be him. Oh, my God. Like, we know it. That's facts. Um, there was also a joke about, I don't know how to pronounce her last name, Diane Schuyler. Oh. <laughs> oh, I don't know. The subject of the HBO documentary TV show, There's Something Wrong with Aunt Diane. It's about, they had a joke in the sketch about driving the wrong way on a specific highway. 
and that's what this woman did with like oh. children in the car fuck that's oh no okay because i laughed at like a taconic state parkway crash because i was like well that's weirdly p- specific i've been on that but i completely fuck it oh my god i forgot about that and when you texted me i was just like because you texted me that joke and i was like I didn't get that reference. I don't know what you're talking about, but yes, okay. Yeah, I got it because it was very specific and it was an aunt's funeral. So I was like, oh no, this is this is definitely that. So I had to Google it, but it's it's that. Um, Yeah. So a lovely little image to end the show on. Mm Mhm. Um. So we had two cut for times. Do we want to? Well, I don't know. If you thought the one that was good is the one I thought was good, I'm hoping. Oh, gosh. You pick. Which one are we doing first? Uh, let's do Please Don't Destroy first. Okay. Uh, this was a pre-tape called Future Selves. It was obviously written by Martin Herlihy, John Higgins, and Ben Marshall. And they're sitting in the writing room talking about like what they like doing and <laughs> Sean Higgins is like, yeah, you ever want to go home, have a few drinks, and then go out for a drive? And they're like, no, John, that, that's drunk driving. He's like, oh, right. Um, but then, like, a wormhole opens up or something, and three old guys pop out, and... Yeah, I wasn't exactly sure. I was expecting it to be three cast members dressed up as old guys, but no, it was, like, three legitimately old men. yeah. And one of them, or the one that was old Ben, had this, like, horrible red wig on, which is probably the highlight of this sketch to me. And also yeah. the old John being, like, way more Italian. Oh, it, that was so fucking funny. They each had a line. Martin Herlihy, my favorite line of his was, I got divorced so hard I only dress like Jared Leto. John uh, saying, this is a tragedy, dude. I turned into Polly Walnuts, which was a Sopranos reference that I really, truly appreciated. And Ben being like, why are you the saddest man I've ever met? Their one-liners are just fucking perfect. Yeah, and I liked how it was sort of, like the the plot to this was the older selves are coming to warn them about climate change. And they're like, oh my God, fuck that. This is what we're looking forward to. The world can burn. Yeah, and then we had uh, Cut for Time, An Angelo Christmas. And this was written by, well, and this also kind of, well, I'll say it, this kind of disappointed me because up until this point, um, I hadn't been disappointed by the Please Don't, anything the Please Don't Destroy guys had written. And then I learned that this was a collaboration between Aristotle Atari, Martin Herlihy, John Higgins, Ben Marshall, and Brian Tucker. And I'm like, oh, no, Angela's a please don't destroy creation. Ugh. Oh, wow. I didn't know that. That makes me sad. Yeah, that's very tough. Angelo, it's just the same joke every time. Absolutely no variety. No. I thought maybe having Billie Eilish come in would make it better, but it really didn't. Why, were, why was her dress puppies? Yeah, what the fuck was she wearing? Like, she looked like a cake and tissue paper at the same time. I don't... They, some really great wardrobe choices tonight. Some more, Like her red dress during the Santa sketch. That was a good part of the sketch. That She looked gorgeous. That but was a great... Yeah. The white puffy dresses? What are we doing? Where are those coming from? It looks... 
not great. Yeah, that's all I had to fucking say about Angelo Christmas. It was literally the same thing. We saw the same joke eight times in the previous one. We saw the same joke tonight. Retire Angelo. Stop trying to make Angelo happen. Right. It's time to retire Angelo. I think we can both agree that the Please Don't Destroy sketch should have come in place of something else tonight. Something. Whether it was the Santa song or Kyle Mooney. Even I mean, Kyle Mooney was good. I, I, I would have replaced, yeah, I made it weird with Santa with the Please Don't Destroy sketch for sure. Yeah, me too. The the Night I Met Santa song was definitely my, it just didn't hit for me. No, it was my nope of the night. Same. Something Claus is a far better Keenan as Santa sketch. What was your runner up? My runner up, it was tough choosing my runner up versus my favorite because I liked both of these very much, but my runner-up was the Lonely Christmas sketch. Okay. The next door... Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 The next door ad. Okay. Um, my runner-up was Billie Eilish, uh, Happier Than Ever. Pretty good. I, yeah, I, it was, I, I mean, all right, so it was hard for me to just decide between Happier Than Ever and the Nativity sketch at the local church. That was good. It was... It really was. I just, the one-two punch that we've gotten, maybe not one-two punch because Taylor was the 12th, there was a show after her, but like we've gotten two incredible performances from two very strong women very close to one another this season, like within a month. It was four weeks ago that Taylor was on. And I'm still shaking from her performance. Fucking, do you know how many times I fucking watched it? It was so good. So it's, good. That's, like prior to that, the best perform, the best live performance of All Too Well was from the Grammys, but she topped that with the 10 minute SNL version. And then we had Happier Than Ever last night. I am really fucking here for like these incredible fucking performances. They're so good. Yeah. Um. But yeah, so it was kind of a toss-up between those two, but I enjoyed Billie Eilish's first performance more. That's fair. Um, for me, the highlight of the night was Weekend Update. The entire fucking thing made me laugh, like the correspondence. Nice. I It, it was solid. I mean, I, we've said it before. I think we can all agree that SNL is definitely on an upward trend. The new things they're doing are working. It is funny. They are just going hard, and they are. it's working. My favorite was the Lonely Christmas pre-tape. Yeah. I, it was a wild ride, and it was perfectly acted, perfectly done by everyone involved. It was. Like, Can I bring a friend for dinner? Any Jews? And it's like, oh, <laughs> fuck! Like, but, uh, yeah, I... What incredible from concept to execution, like, yeah, classic sketch right mm-hmm. there. Truly, though, like that's that's a Christmas sketch that will be that is a sketch that will be included in future SNL Christmas compilations for sure. And again, when you're watching these things and you see them happening in real time, and you're like, oh, I know I'm gonna watch this again. This is good, right? Like it's just it's hilarious kind of a sign of the times but also very out there very out there and i was actually pleasantly surprised with kate mckinnon's return i thought they were going to hit us over the head with it more and she 
she did get a very long applause break at the beginning when she came back as Fauci, but okay, fine. She's been missing for seven episodes. This was kind of like her season premiere. I'll give it to her. She just, she, I mean, again, she's Kate McKinnon. She's fucking amazing. Do I think she's overstayed her welcome? Yes. But is she still killing it? Yes. So last night she blended right back in and I loved it. So. Exactly. Yeah. So that's it for us. Our episode next week will be out a little bit later because I will be away and I don't get back until Monday night. So look for an episode drop next Wednesday-ish. We are on all of the podcast platforms. Wherever you find your favorite podcasts, we're there. We're on social media at Sat Night High Pod. You can find us on Twitter, Facebook, Reddit, and YouTube. Night is spelled N-I-T-E on Twitter. We're going to live tweets. And maybe next week I'll live tweet if I'm still awake. It's a bit past my bedtime. Can't lie to you. <laughs> yeah. Um, and yeah, we have a Gmail, Sat Night High Pod, at Gmail, and a website, satnighthighpod.com. And until next Wednesday-ish, I'm Steph. I'm Gilda. Happy Happy highs. highs!